Hey, what's up, everybody? Sean Aiton here, and welcome to the Tips from Crypt Podcast, your place for quick tips about pre-hospital emergency and critical care transport medicine. This week, I'm continuing our series, 52 Weeks of Epic, with a lesson pulled directly from our section on survival. I'm going to give you four tips for survival. Tip one relates to the human factors of survival. Tip two is to just stop. Tip three is everything depends on the rule of threes. And tip four is setting priorities when it comes to survival. So if you're ready, I want to invite you to sit back, relax, plug in those headphones, and let's get started. So survival is defined as the state or fact of continuing to live or exist, typically in spite of an accident or deal or difficult circumstance. The thing I want you to remember is you could find yourself in a survival situation from a multitude of causes. Uh, we think about the aircraft crashing and we're surviving and now we are in a survival situation. But this could be anything from unexpected changes in weather that cause you to set the aircraft down, mechanical failure of the aircraft that causes an unexpected landing, damage to the aircraft from a bird strike or some other uh, incident that occurs, and then the pilot could have a medical emergency that requires the aircraft to be set down. Now, not only does this relate to the air medical transport environment, but you could apply this to the ground transport environment. I can envision a situation where you are uh, transporting across, say, Wyoming or Nebraska or you know somewhere out in remote parts of the, the country, and a snowstorm blows in, the highway shut down, you blow a tire, you're out in the middle of nowhere, and now you're stuck waiting for uh, the storm to clear or another ambulance to come rescue you. So it's not impossible that you might find yourself in a survival situation uh, during a ground transport. It's just a lot less likely. Okay, so to start things off, I want to talk about the psychology of survival. And there is this idea of the human factor, okay? And the human factor is a pretty well-studied um, concept in the world of uh, commercial aviation and commercial aviation maintenance. Um, and it has to do with all of these intrinsic human factors uh, that cause us to act in a way that might result in a uh, an accident. Uh, it might be distraction, lack of communication. But when it comes to survival, there is this survival mindset that you need to adopt. This is the the mindset that I will survive. No matter what happens, I'm going to continue to push through and I'm not going to give up until I am rescued. It's this will to survive, okay? And if you adopt that mentality, you are much more likely to survive whatever kind of situation you find yourselves in. It's just having the I will survive attitude which can make all the difference, okay? You need to be prepared both mentally as well as physically to get through this ordeal. You need to keep yourself in top physical condition. You need to keep yourself well-nourished, well-rested, well-hydrated. And then mentally, you need to be prepared every time you go out that you could find yourselves in a situation where you need to survive for an undetermined period of time until somebody comes and rescues you. This also comes back to training with your survival equipment and not just looking at it once a year when you actually pull it out and use it for your annual survival training. But this is making sure that everything in your survival kit, you are intimately familiar with how it operates 
and how you are going to use it to get you through this situation. Now, I talked uh, in the introduction about the key to survival being to stop, okay? And stop is an acronym that you can use in the immediate moments after an accident to ensure you don't make your situation worse, okay? So stop stands for stop, think, observe, and prepare. We're going to break this down. So stop. The first thing you need to do after an incident, once you have uh, the aircraft settled and you're no longer in immediate danger, is you need to stop and you need to ensure the crew is safe. Make sure that you're taking care of any injuries that may have happened in the incident. And then you need to find some calm in yourself. Panic kills. I want you to remember that. Panic kills. Next, you want to think, okay? What is your situation? Where are you? What, you know, are you in the mountains or are you in the plains? What time of year is it? Is it summer? Is it winter? Is it fall? Is it one of those transitional seasons? What time of day is it? You know, is it, is it nighttime or is it daytime? Is night coming uh, and you need to prepare for uh, getting through the night much sooner? Think about your pre-flight brief or your, your brief that you did at the beginning of your shift. Was there inclement weather predicted? How likely is a quick rescue? Okay, were you able to get a mayday call out before the aircraft crash if that was the situation? Is your ELT working? Are you able to look and see that that transmitter light is blinking? Are you in a heavily trafficked area where you can expect other vehicles or other aircraft or other people to be um, coming through that will be able to help you? Does your program use a flight tracker and do you know if it's working, right? That way, you know that your comm specialists are going to be expecting a call from you or they're going to see that the aircraft is no longer moving. That's going to alert them that something might be wrong and they'll be able to send crews directly to, to you to assist. Were you responding with other aircrafts? Sometimes, you know, we transition over the Rocky Mountains. We might be going on a double aircraft scene. Uh, if something were to happen, we at least know that one of our other aircrafts is out there and is expecting us to be at the scene. If we don't show up, they're going to be looking for us. Next, you want to observe. Okay, O in stop is observe. What type of environment are you in? We already talked a little bit about that. Um, your mountains, plains, urban. Then what I want you to do is you want to assess the situation, the scene, and your resources. Okay, You want to look around and figure out where you are. What what equipment can you salvage from the aircraft? Can you get the survival kit? Can you get the ELT? Can you get the sat phone, medical supplies, any kind of debris from the aircraft, fuel? Okay, these are things that you're going to do um, immediately afterwards. Okay, you, if the aircraft is not safe, you don't want to go back to the aircraft. Okay, and then what items do you have on your person? Do you have a personal survival survival kit tucked in your pocket? Do you have your scissors? You just kind of want to take stock of everything that you have. You want to look around you. What are your natural resources that you can use? Is the aircraft salvageable? Uh, can you use parts of the fuselage or can you, can you, can you shelter inside the fuselage? Uh, are there rock outcroppings? What about trees? Is it wintertime and there's deep snow? Are you going to need to dig a snow shelter? Are you in the desert where there are no trees and you're going to need to dig a hole in order to shelter below the, the ground level where it's actually cooler? Okay. Are you in a safe area? We talked about deadfall, old trees that might fall on you. Are you in an avalanche slide area? Are you near cliffs, 
rock falls, scree fields, mudslides, floodplains, anything like that that might potentially cause your situation to become worse. Are you in an area prone to scorpions or snakes or bears or mountain lions? Everything like that you need to take into consideration. Okay, last, you want to plan, right? And, and if you notice, we're not taking a whole lot of action at this point. We are just sitting and thinking and being observant and coming up with a plan for survival, okay? The last thing you want to do immediately after an accident is start running around, expending a lot of energy, potentially hurting yourself, not taking account of where you are uh, and, and, and finding yourself in a worse situation than initially. You want to keep busy doing constructive actions if you're going to be in the survival situation for an extended period of time. That being said, you don't want to waste energy. So you need to plan your actions so that you are conserving energy, okay? This does a number of things. One, it prevents panic. It helps improve morale. It keeps your mind calm. And in most situations resulting in fatalities, the accident was actually survivable or the situation was survivable. It's the result of panic that causes most deaths. So if you can calm yourself down, come up with a plan, and take deliberate intentional actions, you can survive most incidences. Okay, so we're going to develop a plan. We're going to develop a survival plan. And your survival plan is going to start with the rule of threes. The rule of three states that you can survive for three minutes without air, three hours without shelter in inclement weather, three days without water, and three weeks without food. So based on the rule of threes, you're going to prioritize your next actions. So keep in mind, the two things that kill most people in survival situations are one, exposure, and two, dehydration. So that's why when you think about the rule of threes and the second one being three hours without shelter, your first priority, and this is the next part is setting priorities, is to establish some shelter, okay? It's your number one priority. Remember, three hours without shelter in bad weather. So if you're in the desert or if you're in uh, the mountains in the wintertime where it's cold, it's raining, you only have about three hours before hypothermia sets in or exposure sets in uh, in the desert before you're going to be incapacitated and not be able to take care of yourself, okay? So shelter is going to protect you from heat. It's also going to protect you from cold and the other elements like rain and snow. So that's your number one priority. Fire. Fire goes along with your number one priority of building shelter. Fire does a number of things. One, it provides warmth. And two, it serves as a signal. And then it also helps promote emotional support. Remember, you've just been thrust into the survival situation. And fire has a very unique way of just kind of calming us down, making us feel just a little bit more okay. It brings us comfort, and that can help calm our spirits. All right, your second priority is water. Remember, you can go with three days without water. There's a number of w ways that you can actually collect water depending on your environment. You can filter it out of a river. If you are in an area where um, there's a lot of dew on vegetation, you can absorb that dew on your clothing or on towels. If you're in the snow, you can melt the snow for water. If you're in the desert, you can oftentimes find water by looking for low areas and then digging down to the water table. There's a lot of different ways you can find water in the natural environment, but one of the best ways you can prevent 
dehydration and prevent that exposure is make sure that you're staying well hydrated before your shift, throughout your shift, and then anytime you're on a flight or anytime you're on a transport, make sure that you have some water with you. All right, your next priority is to uh, create some signals. And we already started working on those with fire. Uh, That's going to be a very good way to signal your location. But there are other ways. Um, Ground-to-air signals, so creating a V on the ground or an X on the ground or an arrow on the ground, any kind of uh, contrasting ground signals that you can make out of uh, bushes or pine needles or dirt or anything like that, as long as it contrasts with the background that can and, and is large enough to be seen from the air, that can serve as a signal. Smoke, fire, flares, mirrors, your cell phone may be the best way to signal. We all carry cell phones in our pockets. One thing to keep in mind is if there are multiple people on the aircraft who all have cell phones, you don't know how long you're going to be in this survival situation. So turn off all the cell phones except for one. Just use that one. Conserve the batteries on the other two. That way, when that one goes dead, if you haven't been rescued yet, then you can turn on one of the other uh, phones and use it to try and signal for help. And then your ELT and SAT phone. You may have a SAT phone. You probably should be carrying a SAT phone on your aircraft. Um, So you can try that. And then the ELT on the aircraft should have been activated if this was a hard enough landing. If not, make sure it's manually activated. And if you do have to evacuate from the aircraft, um, try to take the ELT with you. Talk to your pilots. Find out if it's removable. Uh, If not, just try to make sure that it's at least activated. Your last priority is food. We talked about you can survive for three weeks without food. I like to carry a couple energy bars uh, in my survival bag and one in my flight suit so that in the event we have a survival situation, I have some food with me. I also try to make sure that I am well-nourished before and during my shifts. Um, Not only does it keep me more comfortable, but then in case of a survival situation, I know I have plenty of of calories to to get me through that first Uh, that first stretch. One thing I want you to note about food is digestion uses water. So unless water is readily available, try to avoid eating because it will just accelerate your dehydration. All right, that's all I have for this episode. There are a number of resources over uh, in the show notes at flightcrit.com. This is episode nine. Also, if you have a comment or a question that you would like included in a future podcast episode, come on over to the show notes again at flightcrit.com and you can click the record button right there and send me a message. If you like the content that you're getting in this podcast and you want to learn more about the Epic Review course, you can also find a link to that at the top of the page at flightcrit.com under courses. Uh, I encourage you to take a look at that. Um, I'm really excited about it. This is going to be a great year for Flightcrit and our community and uh, I'm, I'm just really excited and appreciative of everything that you in this community do for us. So until next time, remember, education is good, but excellence through collaboration is much better. Stay safe and live well, and I'll catch you on the next episode of the Tips from Crypt Podcast. Bye for now.